Hello and welcome to Cecily and Aaron's Cinematic Spooktacular 2018 Volume 2 uh, Pre-Halloween edition uh, If you missed it last week, we had the Volume well, it's a 1 Halloween out Halloween edition, this episode is coming out on Halloween It will be coming at, at or around, well be by Halloween Maybe maybe hours before the stroke of midnight falls somewhere on the earth. Maybe as the blood moon is eclipsing. As the blood moon is eclipsing. I like how you put that. Uh, so we're talking in this episode about the haunting of Hill House. We've seen through episode six. We also got to see a few episodes of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the new teenage witch uh, starring Kier, uh, God, I always, Kiera, Kiernan, Kiernan Shipka. Kiernan Shipka. Yes. And those of, are both on Netflix. Of Mad Men fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on Netflix, the movie Apostle, starring Dan Stevens, right? Yes. Uh, the, the Cousin Matthew from Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey, as well as Legion from Legion. Uh, <laughs> we also saw the movie Raw and Wildling. Those are the movies we're considering for this uh, spooktacular. Uh, let's talk about the TV stuff up first, uh, the episodic content. The Haunting of Hill House. We were pretty excited to see this. We thought the trailer looked pretty good. Everyone is talking it up online and on our forums, and we saw six hours of it. What do we think? I like it, mostly. I have some problems. Okay. You loved it, though. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should do like we did before, spoiler, spoiler-free spoiler review. Um, I was worried that it would be very hard to maintain some sort of horror horror creepy atmosphere over eight to ten hours of television and i was as you say there are some problems i think there's a little bit over reliance on jump scares just especially fake out jump scares that Mm -hmm. that end up uh and some especially if you're been binging this thing kind of decreased attention but honestly the the through line so far I have been enjoying because I thought that uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good creeps, there's a lot of good scares, there's a lot of good kind of like James Wan. Oh my God, did I see something out of the corner of my eye? Yes, I did. Ah, um, and the way they tell it is kind of uh, you know jumping forward and backward through uh, time and characters and different POVs, and sometimes you get to see. And sometimes you get to see, uh, for these multiple perspectives, you get to see these spooky events from different points of view. And I was kind of surprised at how well that tracked through. And, like, you know, there, there's the kind of the creep and horror of, of, of seeing a thing. And then when you see it from a few other POVs, instead of being less scary, it actually became, you know, kind of more horrific. So I thought it was extremely well done. And the house looked amazing and creepy. Uh, I thought the, uh, the 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 people that were uh, acting in it did a <laughs> did a yeah, great no, job. Yeah, the cast was really good. I think uh, led that- by uh, Dario Nyquilis. Right, and it's hard to tell because he's obviously not accented. This mm-hmm. is an American setting. No beard. And sometimes when he smiles, it looks like him. Sometimes it doesn't. We went back and forth a lot, mm-hmm. but <laughs> the cast when he's pining after Daenerys, it really. Really looks yeah, like it's it. obvious yeah. there. Dead ringer. Right. Um, Classic Dario. The cast that they have as adults, I think, are really good. And their um, dynamic with each other. But the 
the children that they got mm-hmm. to play the young I don't know which came first whether they cast the children or the adults obviously probably the adults mm-hmm. but the cast uh, of the children look and act very much like their adult adult counterparts yeah and I thought that was really well done and they're also just adorable and I think they're some heartbreakingly adorable and and the key word there because I think something I've learned from the paranormal activities series is Children being scared by paranormal forces is inherently more scary than when adults are being scared by it because there's the added dimension of you already will believe in boogeymen without any evidence as a child. If you fucking see one, watch out. Um, But then you see one and nobody believes you. No one believes you because obviously you're a kid and you don't know fantasy from reality. So it's like this weird, you know, you're being gaslit by well-meaning, loving parents uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I, it's also got uh, Carla Gugino, uh, Gugino, who I've always enjoyed. She was really a standout in last year's Spooktacular, Gerald's Game, mm-hmm. that we talked about. Uh, and yeah, I, I thought it was, it again, we got a couple more episodes to, to finish before Spook season's over. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. And we'll talk a little bit more in spoilers. Oh, yeah. If you're on the fence about watching it and you like horror, absolutely, I think you should. Yeah. Uh, next is not the, just chilling, chilling adventures of Sabrina. Just chilling with Sabrina. So this is obviously a a kind of a cash in on, uh, Halloween season. It's also a cash in on the success of Riverdale Mm -hmm. because as we, uh, as I've learned as, uh, so I, I was the, trying to think of a roundabout way to talk about well, our the, Raw Raw Riverdale podcast. Okay. You guys did a podcast on Riverdale last year. Right. But um, not really. Right. Um, but Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, I, I think, is made by the same people who did Riverdale, which was mm. on CW, I think. Right. Um, this is kind of the same thing. Uh, Sabrina's in the same universe as Archie and right. his friends, just like Josie and the Pussycats. She's a spinoff, Which yeah. hopefully we get a movie about or a show about them soon. Oh, yeah. But much like Riverdale, it has its um, teenage flaws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's say. definitely young adult. Mm-hmm. But uh, so let's talk about its positives first. I think the thing looks amazing. It's got... You know, like like it's it's special effects, it's costuming, the, the hair, costumes makeup, are incredible. sets, locations, makeup, all that stuff. Everything looks good. The, the credit sequence I'm, is a joy to behold. Right. Um, I think they may have smart musical choices. I, I do. I, I I'm. Uh, I love that they're doing this just really dark take on mm-hmm. the witchcraft. And it's not your Melissa Joan Hart Sabrina anymore. She doesn't have the talking cat or the fun ants. She's right. got she's got a really rough rough road to walk here. Yeah, it's it was it's there's some things I think are very intense and scary for again young adult. Like it's not at all like the Melissa Hart one as as you mentioned. Um It's but, not even very much like the comics either. Sabrina mm-hmm. was always a very bright, outgoing, bubbly girl. Mm-hmm. And this is I'm um, you know, Kieran and Shipka does a very good uh smart um put together for a 16 year old mm-hmm. um kind of performance mm-hmm. um and it's very much different from 
how she's always been portrayed. And it tackles a lot of issues head on. There's a lot of, you know, sexual assault going on at this mm-hmm. high school. Like, I sure, I'm sure there are high schools across the nation. There is uh, trans people. Uh, gender identity uh, issues. Being being bullied and, and uh, excluded. But also shows like a school kind of forming a, a unit together to kind of protect each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't want to get into too much spoilers. Downside is yet it's it's very very riverdale there's a lot of campy stuff are we also like just 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 let me ask the question we'll answer in the spoiler section is uh kiernan kiernan shipka shipka is she good and i know she's good she was good in, in mad men is she a good actress just say it is she good is she a good sabrina well, well, we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. Uh, <laughs> on to the movies. Uh, first up, Apostle, Dan Stevens. This, my short review is, what if the village wasn't a twist by M. Night Shyamalan? Shyamalan. What if it's just straight up the actual, the story that you thought you were getting in the village? Mm-hmm. Uh, and with a little bit of Wicker Man in there? Right, instead of breaking out of the park, yeah. you're breaking in. You break into the park. Oh, mm-hmm. there you go. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, what if what if the dinosaurs came and saw us in cages? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. Think, Think about, about it. it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I really liked this. It was, it was creepy. It was scary. Um, I thought it held together pretty well. Dan Stevens is very good at playing Wounded Crazy Man. Yes, it looks amazing. It's... Um... It's very horrific mm-hmm. and a little bit of a gore sense, a little bit of a jump scare sense, but it's, I think it's really good. This is my, one of my favorite horror movies and that's, uh, that I've seen this year, maybe top three, I would say. Right. Um, but it's, it's really scary. It's really scary. Who's the guy that, uh, the Sheen brother that's in this one? Michael. Michael Sheen. Playing this kind of like uh, crazy collective cult, cult member leader, leader mm-hmm. I thought was really, really good. How much of that was that severe haircut? <laughs> I mean, it does a lot of heavy looking, or does a lot of, a lot of heavy lifting, because he looks like, you know, he's he studied at the feet of Trotsky or Lenin or uh, so, something like that. He looks like a character out of some sort of revolutionary period. Right. And he's just so different than the last thing I saw him in, which well, is Masters I was of just Sex. Thinking is that he is so versatile that you you wonder, like, sure. he, was he the same guy who started in Master of Sex? Yeah. Is he the same guy who played a vampire in Twilight? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. He's done all kinds of things, and he's a great actor because he disappears into that role. And that's the thing. I and and I never thought that I would be that I've never connected him with like a powerful or dynamic character before because obviously his his role in the Twilight movies is he's kind of like Dan. Uh, whatever you know, he's wearing way he's wearing way too many robes and way too much guyliner for me to take seriously. Master of Sex, he's kind of like this you know schlubby guy. This guy, like, this is a guy who you could pr- pr- conceive that people would follow into the woods and and form a, co- a community around. So yeah, why not? Good good scares, uh, a lot of fun uh, to cuddle up and watch on Halloween. Uh, let's move on to Raw. God, I'm just looking at Michael Sheen's IMDb, and he's dated Kate Beckinsale and Sarah Silverman? It's the source of his power. Wow, he just really disappeared into those. (laughs) (laughs) Into those roles. Moving on. Uh, Raw. Raw. This. Raw, raw, Riverdale. Okay, okay, you can talk about your podcast. Great. Uh, This is a movie about 
a. I mean, a, I, I called it. Like, this is a movie this about is a cannibals. young French woman who joins it. Well, I thought this was the non-spoiler section. But I mean, it, I, I I deduced that from the title of the movie and the fact that it was a horror film. Raw, raw, raw's always in 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 because because if if it's non-horrific, you're just talking about the state of food. Mm-hmm. Anytime it's in the title raw and it's horror movie it's going to be about it's like ravenous if you use ravenous it's it's not going to be about someone eating fucking fried chicken okay. it's going to be about some lunatic that tasted the forbidden taste of human flesh and you know got it between their teeth and they just can't get enough and that's that's this for i okay. mean i watched this movie last it's the premise of the fucking film okay you made your point yes now make i yours. watched this movie last year and i loved it and i really wanted you to see it mm-hmm. did you love it i did not love it damn it I thought there was definitely creepy things. There was a lot of kind of um, interesting and, and, and creepy imagery or setups. But ultimately, I had, I don't know, I, it, it, it raised a lot of questions that I wasn't super interested in. And I didn't think it did a great job of answering them. Like what? Um, well, and don't. <laughs> yeah, right. Then we get into spoilers. Uh, and then let's talk about Wildling. You can answer that question in the spoiler section. Let's talk about Wild- Wildling. This is like a slightly more serious take on tw- like a, it's a slightly more serious gender bent Twilight this instead is, of vampires werewolf. I have n- I don't understand where you're getting that comparison at all. Hmm. I mean, I'm can't, I can't. I have to get into spoilers to explain it. I but I don't think you do. There's no. There's no love interest. Or yes, love there is. Yes, there or... is. There's no love triangle, but there is a love interest, and it's about you know those. I mean, this is. I mean, because all these. I think type this of... is just like a werewolf story as a euphemism for puberty in females. Like I said, Twilight. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I really, I actually thought there's a lot of great stuff in this. In fact, I was super loving it up until I wasn't quite sure about the, the, the actual end of the movie and whether that, that hung together or whether I thought that was interesting, but up through 90%, I was, I was loving it. And then I still don't hate it. It's just, I'm not, you know, I'm not quite sure. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably not going to watch the movie again. So I'm not going to like go through and and fix, fix my problems. Liv Tyler's in it. Liv Tyler is in it. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Like seeing Liv Tyler work. She produced mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah. So good way to get work, Liv. And she was in the woods at some point. <laughs> way to be a job creator. Which is why I think this is like a teenage Lord of the Rings. <laughs> ah, it's a prequel. Right. Wait, not prequel. This is like a sequel. Like, uh, you know, there's still some magic left in the land. It's 2018. And, uh, you know, this is what happened when Luthien and Baron, uh, you know, when when a when an elf and a and a bear man fuck. Right. She decided not to go to wildling. the the land of never dying, <laughs> whatever it's called. Sure, sure. She just ends up being a, a police officer in some bumfuck town. <laughs> <laughs> well, she just was no, waiting. She's imagine? waiting for the she's waiting for the immortality to wear off. Yeah. You know, she'd never imagined that she would be alive these many thousands of years after her beloved Aragorn uh, kicked it. Aragorn. Uh, okay, that is it for a non-spoiler take. This is going to be the order in which we discuss these things. Uh, let's get into it. Without further ado, let's do our, our spoiler-filled review of The Haunting of Hill House. These children are so damn adorable. And when they are, like, the two twins, the, 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 the two youngest Luke twins. and Nellie. When they are commiserating with, with each other about how their family doesn't believe them 
it is super heartbreaking. Yeah, it killed me. That little boy with his, his thick ass glasses, Coke bottle glasses. Cute. Yeah. Um, but with a, when he's that young and has eyesight that bad, I'm surprised that he doesn't wear glasses as an adult. Hmm. Corrective surgery. Maybe he had he had his eyeballs lasered. And that's how he got the drug problem. Yes, he he has eyeballs lasered, and his they they they, they gave him some extra. You know, doc. Yeah, my my <laughs> my eyes feel gritty. And the doctor, this was back in the mid two thousands, and they just gave him a uh, hundred twenty uh, hydrocodone hydrocodones oxycontins, mm-hmm. and there's a refill six, and he just kind of you know went to town. Didn't want his eyes feel gritty. Yeah, I can't blame him. Gritty eyes suck. Yeah, and gritty so, eyes never went away. Now he's now he's addicted. Um, I like this as a story. I really like the, I really like the multiple timelines that that this is a haunting that's like lasting a generation and the effects that it has on this family. Like, uh, if you're haunted, you know what is it like to be the oldest that's more skeptical? What's it like to be the two youngest twins? What's a and also did you slowly begin to appreciate? Is all of the children have some sort of power? Like, they can touch things and instantly sense the truth of something. Yeah, Theo can touch things and sense past, present, Mm -hmm. and future. We're Mm -hmm. not quite sure... I don't think we're quite sure even what she sees. And she's got ro- that rogue thing where she wears long sleeves and gloves out of season just to protect herself from that. Yeah. The twins are, like, telepathic with with each other, at least. Right, and it turns out that, you know, even if... Any kind of bare skin that's touching anything, mm-hmm. uh, she can read off of, which is how she figured out what happened. She knows what happened to their mother because she oh. got it out of their father's head right. when he grabbed her arm. Right. Yeah. Luke and Nellie have a twin thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what is her name? I don't know. Shirley, mm. the second oldest, the oldest mm-hmm. girl. Mm-hmm. She what can is embalm problem? people really well. Yes. She can embalm people. I don't, do, do, do the two oldest actually good. have superpowers? She can talk. She does this thing where she talks in her sleep, which I haven't. I don't think we've fully appreciated yet. Uh, but I think maybe she gets some sort of messages in her sleep. She's like clairvoyant or something, right? When she was a child, she was saying in her sleep, "Dancing in the red room," which that, yeah, is how yeah. Millie died, right? And who did we miss? Uh, the oldest. Oh, Steven. Dario. He has the power of denial. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one who we haven't really seen, besides seeing Nellie, seen any kind of spooky things. Mm-hmm. Or, like I said, he's in denial. His He wrote this book oh, right. about the whole family, and the whole family accuses him of just stealing their stories because he claims to have never seen anything or mm-hmm. heard anything. Or Plus, we know it's bullshit because we saw from his POV, like when his dad was taking him down the stairs, that he did see... But that could have been his mother. I think it was his mother, but she was fucked up. But that doesn't I mean, mean it's supernatural. I guess true. I guess that's true. That kind of leads up to my first problem is that because this thing takes place over six hours that we've seen so far, it's it. You know, when you're watching a paranormal activity and you got like or any of these conjurings or whatever, and you've got four or five kids in the house and they're all saying shit's haunted, and the parents are like, "Oh no, well maybe there's some." Uh, and there's always screaming and banging and stuff there. I felt like it's stretching my patience that the parents would be this much in denial about all their like, or even if they're even if they are, your children are this miserable in this situation. 
at what point do you just like, God damn, I get, you know, we wanted to do this house thing, but our kids are not sleeping and they're getting withdrawn and, you know, terrorized. And what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, the thing is, stay here. Nellie had her first experience on the very first night there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like maybe they're, you know, I could believe as a parent that the first night the child is just in a new place, right? And they're not really comfortable, and it'll it's take an some old time house. to settle in. It's got some weird noises, right? And if one child says they saw a ghost and tell the others, mm-hmm. then the others will start Imagination, seeing ghosts. Right. You know, it's how that kind of panic and hysteria sets in. That's how we so got the it, Salem witch trial. Those it, damn kids, <laughs> those damn kids. Uh, but you know, until one of the parents see something themselves, I guess, uh-huh. or just give it a few weeks, or at least I don't know, talk about it. Denial's not really denying it's happening isn't really great. Mm-hmm. The show makes them out to be really great parents, which I guess I guess they are. Mm-hmm. Just like all of us have our faults and get migraines from our kids, color right. storms, or right. um, get upset. But it just seems like it seems like they were making it seem like calling them nightmares or uh, just the little spills, things like that. Uh, hurt them more than it helped. Right. Obviously, I think the way their father handled them leaving the house altogether was mm. damaging for all of them. Yeah, and it's frustrating because we're we're not done with the mystery because there's still you know there's stuff around these groundskeepers that I can't tell if they're evil or not. I can't. Yeah, you know, there. Her mom mentions when she's talking to the person who's in, who's got like a, like empathy or can detect things when they touch like she in, mentioned that her mother and her herself is sensitive so i wonder if the fact that you know the the evil that lives in this house uh you know apparently there are some actual hill ghosts cuz we the the i guess let's talk about the i thought something that was kind of brilliant is the reveal that the bent neck lady uh, there, there's this odd twist of like the ghost existing like all points of time simultaneously, because uh, like this the littlest girl, um, Nellie, she's tormented by this bit neck lady. It's a truly terrifying apparition. It's this woman who's got a neck jerked over to the side. She's got long flowing hair and this white dress, and she's kind of like very decayed looking. And she'll just like stare at you and then break out screaming, or she'll be muttering no 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 no. Uh, and you see, like, all these different apparitions all throughout Nellie's life. And then there's this really great reveal. Like, in episode three, you see that Nellie goes back to Hill House because she wants to prove she's been goaded by her psychiatrist to, like, face your fears, you know? Go out there at the spooky house that you're terrified of in the middle of the night and mix it up. Go in there and, and, and figure out what the hell's going on. And you see her, like, going through this old abandoned house. And at one point, she's dancing with this, like, look of rapture on her face. Like, what the fuck is going on? And next thing you know, she's killed herself. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how. But when they reveal three episodes later, when you get to see from her point of view what's going on and what kind of pushed her into this and how this malevolence in the house in the form of her mother kind of goads her into committing committing suicide. And it, I thought it was just extremely well done. It felt like... Right, the locket her mom promised her while she was a child right. was the noose. That she, when she put around her neck, then she was putting the noose around her neck. Like, everything all tracked, and it's kind of horrific. Like, 
that there's this cosmic spider that's got this perfect web that lures you in with all the things that make you feel safe and warm right before they snuff you out and trap your soul in here forever. And so, like, we kind of realize that she's the bit neck lady, but then there's this effect where she keeps falling through, like, like because she hangs herself, mm-hmm. and that breaks her neck, and that's why she got the bit neck. But you see her continue to fall through the the space-time continuum, and sh- every single time we've seen the bit neck lady, we revisit that from now the dead Nelly's perspective. And I just thought it was extremely effective because you're – you're you, this this you're realizing what's going on at the same time she has, and now all these out of context reactions that the ghost was having forwards in time make total sense in context. And I I feel like that could have been tedious or obvious, but I felt like it really sealed the the essential horror of the situation to realize that you were in this bizarre self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, she haunted her own damn self. Yeah, yeah, and not to be a- not be able to to change that. It's like by the time you realize you're in the trap, it's too late. And uh, that's where we left it. I don't. We we haven't seen an episode since then. The, right. That reminds me a lot of the movie The Triangle. Did we talk about that on last year's? I don't know if we did, but that's another really interesting timey wimey kind of yeah f- horror that's film. A great movie because it makes you think that there's just. It makes you feel like there's this infinite loop going on. Mm-hmm, Which mm-hmm. came first? Did Nellie have one stay throughout the house right. where she was a child and then kill herself and come back? Yeah. Which came first? But it 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 was interesting in that way. It makes you think she's just going to be stuck there forever. And that the house has been haunting her since she was six years old. Yeah. Like, this, it's the ultimate abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. The house has just beat her down and gaslighted her all the way until... It talks her into killing herself. And even then, you can see her coming in and out of this, Yeah. Uh, what do you want to call it, fantasy. Right. You know, she thinks she has a locket and she, you know, she comes back awake, I guess, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. And she's holding the noose. And then she's talked into it again. And she comes back awake and she's over the railing. And slips and, yeah. I, I and, and I think the other thing that makes all these situations work is it's not just relying on the spooky stuff. You've got... You know, like Nellie, uh, they they eventually show that she was suffering like from sleep paralysis and night terrors, which is a real thing, and is it perfectly explains what was going on, and kind of gives you a cling that like, oh, there might be some normalcy. There's also like Luke struggle with drug addiction. There is like the kind of jealousy and uh, hurt feelings over like you know some of the siblings are more successful than the others. Some of the si- siblings are maybe taking advantage of the other siblings. Uh, there's a lot of mystery like why does the gloved one? Why does the rogue analog? Why is she living in her sister's uh, house? And especially since she seems to have her own successful. Uh- psychiatric practice yeah and there's also little things like where she was able to use her powers and not any kind of like you know they're like you think that there's this other um smiling man that that's plaguing this 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 child that she's seeing and i thought that the uh, you know work the the way that that thing resolved with her realizing that she's being molested by her step or her foster father and seeing this kind of face in the the pattern of the wood i thought that was really cool so it's like there's a lot of um I got a secular appeal to this that kind of keeps you sucked in in between the fairly frequent, like just like two or three, I think, decent scares per hour in the show. 
Right. Are you counting the jump scares? No. Because I hate the jump scares. Okay, maybe they, one solid scare per episode for sure. I feel like jump scares for a show like this that's very close to greatness yeah. is cheap. Yeah, well, you don't need it. You got some solid scares there. Right, exactly. And a lot of a lot of the more effective horror things, you know, that I've personally seen, mm-hmm. they don't rely on that at all. Yeah. You know, sometimes just no sound at all is just so much more tense than... Right just someone hitting a high note on the violin and amping or turning the volume up to 11 just for one second on the track yeah in general fuck jump scares but motherfuck false jump scares because i find that there's no nothing bleeds tension like because like I, I think the way that james wan does it a lot is he builds attention and the music swells and like you i, I think it's something that i've seen wan do where he'll use the framing to make you think like oh there is something that's going to jump out of that open door that is not center but it's like you know the characters at the extreme left side the spooky doors on extreme left something's going to come out of it and maybe there'll be a shift of a shadow or maybe nothing will happen right and in this show there's always something back there right and they do that lingering frame look in the background it's coming but i'd say i I do think that like sometimes they don't but sometimes they just pay with a false jump scare right like Like, the cat who knocked over a bucket or you know or dad will just walk in the door instead and it's like that's the shit that's like you know if you if you build the tension and then leave it there for the next day then i'm still kind of carrying with it but if you do that jump scare and play the scary chord and then it's just their fucking dad like i there's only so many times you can do that before i'm just kind of desensitized so now like even the genuine scares are not landing right i've had the the speaker go off in my ear enough times that i'm gonna turn the volume way down i'm turning the lights on right right it's not fun (laughs) i have a question for you okay steven the oldest is given so much shit for this book he has written right what are your thoughts on that i'm gonna tell you what i think but i want to hear what you think if i wrote this book and got because it's the the way to tell the story is that he approached him about writing it and they all signed off on it and he agreed that he was going to give them a copy so they can like you know, uh, like approve or just or, or tell their side of the story, and this is how I understand is watching him once. Then when the when he delivered the manuscript as promised, the older sister just kind of got cold feet about the project and thought that he was misrepresenting the whole thing, which is fair enough. But instead of being like, "Well, we want to tell our stories, or we want you to change it this way or that way." She just is like, well, you just can't do it. And he's like, well, well, that's bullshit. I just spent X amount of years, you know, however long he did to write this thing. You can't fucking do that. He offered to split, cut them in, mm-hmm. like lots of different things. And I felt like a little bit the older sister bullied the rest of the kids into kind of unifying against him. So I, you know, maybe just wrapping up a book project myself, or I, I guess I'm like, you know, trying to get it across the finish line. I know what a big task that is and kind of like you know fuck you lady i gave you every opportunity i'm open to you know your editorials and stuff like that but like just the fact that you're going to like deny me my livelihood the hell with that what do you think uh right yeah I, i think there's a couple i think he did everything right in this situation like you said he offered to cut them in he offered to for them to get their feedback some of them didn't even read it mm-hmm it, 
which I thought was problematic, like Theo didn't read it, mm -hmm. until I think they said six to eight years later she came mm -hmm. back for her cut. Mm -hmm. Maybe she has a gambling problem or something mm -hmm. that costs a lot of money. Yeah, but, I, I don't know. But then she stops and turns around and says, well, you didn't get all of the things right. Bitch, she, he yeah, asked you right. for your opinion. He asked you to to correct those things. But and, what he did is yeah. he was a good writer and he filled in the blanks. And yeah, he told a story that was slightly off. I, I just think that's not fair for them to do to him. I, I think that the what you're supposed to understand, and I don't think that we fully explored yet, is the fact that his siblings feel like they he is making money on stories that he doesn't believe that he makes them feel like they're crazy. And that's, I guess that's valid, but I don't know how you can tell a guy not to tell those stories. Cause he seems like he's been like when he visited that one lady who just lost her husband and, you know, she was seeing him on the ceiling and hearing, uh, you know, the, the horns going. Um, I, I thought that, that was interesting, and it's early enough in a series that you're thinking, okay, well, maybe there's a there's a there's a you know a rational uh, secular explanation for all this. Although I will say that scene that we see like things from like the uh, infrared cameras perspective, and it felt like there was things happening there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there was anything happening. I but, think you were just supposed to. Well, that was one of those I mean, false you, things. You were looking for the frame and waiting for the heat to move. I mean, the, the temperature what did swing like ten, twelve degrees. I was keeping an eye on it. I promise you. Okay. But I and maybe the will they'll re that will revisit that. But I felt like he was always up front with people. Like, yeah, this is the stories I write, and like people told me all times of ghost stories, but I haven't seen a ghost myself. Right. And and, he's written like. What, you, what did we see, like 10 oh, or 12 bunch, books? A bunch, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of collections of, I guess, other people's uh, ghost, stories. ghost stories. And he start, got started with the, the Hill House, which is, you know, his yeah. family, I guess, has made famous. And it also is his experience. Right. It's like saying if your brother fell down and broke his leg and then... It was a compound fracture and you got covered in blood that you couldn't tell that story. Right, you know yeah. I mean? or, it was my broken leg, yeah, but I got covered in blood, yeah. Or like accusing Stephen King of not having ever actually seen a dead body. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. just, it's ridiculous. Right. You were nothing but an alcoholic and a cocaine addict. What do you guys know about anything, Mr. King? Right. So, I don't know what Stephen's flaws are or the reason why he left his wife. Maybe that's something we're going to see later yeah, on. Yeah, because there is some... Or, I mean, his life, wife didn't want to be with him. There is a lot of really good... There's still We're still in a lot of, like, really meaty things and finding out stuff about, about the show. Uh, oh, I think maybe his latest book was The Haunting of My Marriage, and his <laughs> wife just didn't like the way she was portrayed. <laughs> <laughs> I really... Oh, man, I really... There's a lot of like really creepy ghosts. I really like the old lady that's in like the gramophone room where yeah. like you got the speaking tube and you know she's whispering things at the kids and then every once in a while you can see a reflection of her in that little speaking tube. I really liked the the bowler hat guy mm. who like went searching room to room for his hat until he found the you know of course they'd given it to what's his face Alan Luke. Luke. Uh, I thought that that guy, that was really cool. I thought the bent neck lady was a very solid, you know, concept. It's essentially the girl from the ring with her head bent at 45 degree angle, but still pretty effective. And like her hovering uh, horizontal above the little girl on the couch, like that stuff is, like I said, solid. And the little, these, these, again, these, especially the real little kids 
are so good at playing terrified. Like when poor Luke is stuck in a dumbwaiter and that fucking zombie oh claws God. its way from behind the barrels and comes at him. When the girl is frozen helpless and, and is staring at the uh, bent neck lady and he, she can't do anything. Like that stuff is really, really effective. Mm-hmm. And just a, a sense of creepy and unease like when we're seeing uh, the end of Nellie and she's going like we keep going fr- from – the, the the ghost world where everything's well lit and warm and her husband's alive again and her family loves everyone to the reality where she's just wandering through this creepy dark uh, home completely at the mercy of the dark force that lives within. I think that stuff just works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One final thought on uh, haunting of House Hill, uh, the 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 House Hill haunt, the the haunt the 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 housing of haunt uh, is that. This hasn't happened to me since, like, the early days of Walking Dead, but I got shitty night sleep last night because I had three separate dreams about that goddamn uh, broke neck lady, the bare naked lady or whatever, the Canadian band. I just had nightmares of them. Uh, they kept on screaming about one week and uh, if I had a million dollars. I... I kept on seeing her and like having that dream where she's like staring at me and like the one so one was just like straight out of the thing it was like I was I woke up and she was standing over my bed and I couldn't do anything about it and I woke up I'm like well that sucks then I went to sleep I got almost immediately back in the same goddamn dream and I'm doing the dishes at her kitchen sink and I can feel her like breathing on my neck and it's this dumb kind of dream logic where, like, I knew she was behind me, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep doing the dishes, and she'll go away, but she was still there. And I'm like, well, I'm almost out of dishes, and she's it's going to be some shit when she realizes I'm just stalling. And then I kind of woke up. But the funny thing is, the third time, uh, I woke up and I saw her in the corner of her bedroom, but she was, like, half size, like, three foot, four foot tall. And for some reason, like, my dream self was like, fuck this, and I monster trucked her. I just went over there, and, like, Colt, and she was also turned away, like, her face in the corner. And I just clocked her, like, rabbit punched her in the back of her head and crumpled her. And I'm like, yeah, now what? And then woke up. And I'm like, that was the last, but that that ate up almost every night of my sleep last night. So All of the nights of your sleep last night? Haunting, the this Haunt Hill house haunt uh, has has plagued my dreams, and I can't give it a better recommendation than that. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say, or should we move on to Sabrina? Let's move on. Chilling Adventures, Sabrina. Uh, I, the, so, the, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I think I'm done with this show, and the, the, the core is, it's just, there's just a lot of silly stuff. Like, these are basically decent people that are, an un, that are unironically worshipping the devil, and even two episodes in, you can see that, like, you know, you're trying to, like, I, I, you're trying you okay good witches you're trying to put a positive positive spin on this but you're worshiping the devil and and he, right, he seems like even, a bad guy not even in the fun church of satan like actual free will party yeah. type of lifestyle kind yeah. of way but in an actual malevolent type of way right and it the show wants to talk out of both sides of its mouth like have sabrina embrace what she already knows to mm. be devil worship, mm-hmm. and she actively engages in it, like torturing that poor principal with spiders. Yeah, that was that was one well, of the more horrific things I've seen done to another person. Yeah, and then for you to claim in the same breath that I'm a good person and I can't do this, what would change? What would be different? Yeah, what, so the, the principals, <laughs> the principals 
chief sin was he ineffectively investigated the sexual assault that had that the witness or the victim refused to give any names. So was he going to like expel the entire football team when it's really four players or, uh, you know, and I'm all like, I, I, I just don't like, he seemed like he was played out to be this bad guy. And then the next episode, they end up skull fucking the football players anyway. So like, why not just cut out the middleman? Right. And then why ter- why terrify? And that scene with this, but also I'm a little, I'm a little butthurt because that scene with the spiders was hard to watch yeah. for me being afraid of spiders. Right. Like spiders crawling in people's mouths. Oh, yeah. Waking up covered in spiders. No, no. No, it's horrible. And to curse these, these, I mean, who are we to judge who is guilty of what? I know that those guys punched Susie in the face, mm-hmm. but to curse their penises for a couple of weeks? <laughs> I think that's fine. You no, can curse, you can I get curse it. a it's, teenage it's, boy's penis for a couple of weeks. It's fine. I don't care. But the, I mean, if you've ever seen any kind of magic mm. lore of any kinds, the first rule is always you don't fuck with another person's free will. Right. And they're just doing it willy nilly. Right. She makes her boyfriend forget something she just said yeah, to him, yeah. which is a horribly unhealthy relationship. Sure. What happens after the first time they have a fight and she right. just makes him forget? Right. Or, they have the perfect relationship. <laughs> right. Or, you know, she wants him to go to the little to the left and she just, cur- or she puts a spell on him. It's, oh, yeah. it's really, it's, Maybe maybe they'll 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 play with that that tension between her thinking she's a good person she and, but also practicing dark magic but I, I I don't have any confidence that that's how they'd handle it right it seems like I I could do with a lot less of that with her asking um forty eight hours before her sixteenth birthday mm. her very first questions mm. about what her religion's right. all about yeah. Uh, which I guess I know is that for the benefit of us as the audience to understand what's happening, but right. I feel like it would have been better served if they had just made her the witch and really gone into this dark mm-hmm. universe, which mm-hmm. really drew me in and was right. the reason we wanted to watch the show. Right. And made it more of a mystery about what happened to her parents. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I'm not down. To, the... I don't need a will they, won't they? When it's essentially Satan, the devil versus a 16 year old girl. Right, also, and her boyfriend is a potato sack. I mean, he's yeah, her. The, got that's no the thing. Personality. This, like, for me to think that this woman is conflicted about <laughs> the path that she's going to take, the boyfriend should at least be some kind of magnetic or charming or like. I guess he's wholesome and good. But they're both so fucking big spoonfuls of vanilla. He's I don't easily manipulated. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's susce- he's susceptible. He's immortal to susceptible to magic. You know, it makes you wonder what what kind of relationship her father, who was like the holy high pope of Satan himself, had with their mortal mother, and mm-hmm. why was that given special dispensation? I mean, they've already there's a whole bunch of mysteries. Like, oh my god, was Sabrina a twin, and she was. You had a goat brother, and there's there's a lot of stuff that they got hooks on here. And I'm like, I just, to me, the mythos is kind of seems like a mess. I did like the characters, like her aunts, Miranda Richardson. I think is the 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 oldest aunt, and she's you know Eowyn from Lord of the Rings. Right. And I like her male cousin, who's like 90 years old, and probably gay and and very worldly wise and always has a glib answer for everything Mm -hmm. um i like a lot of stuff here i tell you what i hate 
who the fuck decided to film this entire series and Frodo shitting his pants because he sees the lidless flamed eye wreathed in fire? Miranda like, Richardson. She said, you know what? I'll yeah, really make this it's right, right. She, she, she took one thing from the Lord of the Rings production. It's the crazy Frodo shitting his pants filter that they put on it whenever, the, whenever Sauron. Because, oh my God, it's every shot. Every shot. And I can tell that, like, the set and everything looks amazing, but sometimes I feel like I'm having an aneurysm or my retina is detaching because all of the crazy shit that's going on, it's like the only thing in focus is the very center of the screen and everything else is receding from the frame at the speed of light. Like, I, that is, it's distracting and crappy, I think. Right, because of... Especially since what you can see of the set, it's all really well done and designed. Mm-hmm. Like, even uh, Mrs. Wardman's office is... Yeah. We've got this cool old mahogany bookshelves. Right. And it's... The, it, the, the dark forest is cool. The maze at the, the the Apple Butterfest or whatever the hell it was was cool. The, the Spellman's funeral parlor is cool. The yeah. high school, But it's all under this fucking filter that they're using and it's so unnecessary yeah yeah and then again i don't know that i like this again there's the sabrina is i don't know like honestly betty and veronica are way more from what i could tell from riverdale way more compelling as a central figure right they're just she she's just um like there's a there's a curious lack of charisma for this powerful prophesied chosen one witch who's rebelling against the dark lord himself. Kieran Shipka is very rote. I mm. think she could be a very fine actress. Right. Uh, I think she rehearsed or she memorized her lines and she is delivering them very precisely with a neat little smile when she's supposed yeah. to smile and it. And it all the- feels like she's just performing. But all the other witch characters are like chewing the goddamn scenery yes, and and slinking three around. Witches and, who move in unison. Yeah, like they're the, the, everyone. It seems like everyone's having fun except for like I feel like uh, poor uh, Miss Shipka is uh, Natalie Portman in the Star Wars prequels. You know, like only yeah. only Ewan McGregor's allowed to have a personality. She has to act with like every. She's Queen Amidala, and everybody else are Jedi having fun. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There's there's. To me, Sabrina should be the star of the show, and it doesn't feel like she she's definitely dominating the screen time, but I don't feel like she's the star of her own show. Right. And there's no talking cats? I'm out. <laughs> you, you mentioned we only are two episodes in, like we know that Salem can talk. He's like a fully fledged goblin that had a conversation with her, but like, yeah, not letting the cat talk. Especially when you've got cat talking technology that's advanced like twelve years since the days of Melissa Hart. What right, the hell? and in the first two episodes, he's had multiple occasions to speak to her. Yeah, uh, he was sent there to be her. Uh, what are that was familiar. familiar? Her familiar. She goes to the apple tree to pick the malum malice or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. he hisses for her to not eat the apple right. she ch- i mean what's the point yeah the whole time he's they given... never interact right. he's always there like watching her and what is supposed to be absorbing knowledge but they're not it is cool when he protected her from the scarecrow beast like i like the idea that this is a salem to fucking reckon right. with right and then she's but then like they don't do anything with it right and she comes around the corner and she's like oh okay let's move yeah. on what? yeah right yeah i don't know I'm... 
I can see, I will say that I think there's going to be a lot of teenage girls in North America doing these hokey spells and doing yarn and stick craft in their backyards and being really mad at their parents and teachers and doing curses and washing things like that's like, this is going to be, this is going to be mean girls for the really nerdy geeky girls. I'm telling you this, uh, the witch culture is the new vampire culture of 10 years ago. Like the goth culture. Yeah. No, not goth will always be in the main core of <laughs> teenagers' uh, aesthetic. Okay, Vampire of Midnight. I didn't know you felt so passionately uh, passionately about goth There's culture. There's always going to be a goth group in every generation. Okay, I have another question for you. Okay. And this is coming from a place of a woman who has watched a little girl grow up on TV before her eyes mm-hmm. in Mad Men. Sally Draper. Sally Draper. Uh, she was never recast. And now she's She survived 16. the Bobby Carnage. Yeah. yeah. Now she's... 18. She's 18 in real life. Karen Shipka is 18 in real life. She's playing a 16-year-old. At some at one point, they do they do this strange sexualization of all of these teenagers. Which you is... Know? That's a Riverdale thing, too. Right. And that's, that's fine and good. She's an 18-year-old, and that's a choice that she can make. Uh-huh. I don't think it's a choice she made. Uh-huh. I think there's a point when she stands up naked out of that tub in that dream, and she, they, or what I believe is her, absolutely her body double, yeah. shows us ass and side boob. Yeah. Why? And, and if, if it were not for the crazy ass witching camera effect, you'd probably see more than you should. And it's like... Exactly. And I know she's 18, and I guess that's okay, but like this is... Why, why in a story about a 16-year-old is the audience invited to leer at her wet, naked body? Right. And I know it's not her body either, because probably every not, time yeah. you see Kieran Shipka's face... It's like well in the most modest zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't see any nude shots of her. You know, no, like even around like as the, a the, the, shot the, the, no. the weird sisters when they were seducing the bed, they're they like you know stripping down to like g strings and uh, corsets. Right, and they're car- just wearing their underwear. Yeah, and and she's she's wearing fully clothed. No, nah, she's not fully clothed, but she had like a slip on or something. No, she she's was still wearing her. Dress. Oh, was she really? Yeah, okay, yes. so like that, but. When she's getting up out of the naked show but full ass and side boob. When she went to the baptism, she was wearing the slip. Right. Is, I'm not begging for more Kieran and Ship guys. No, I'm, I'm just saying, like, what like is... if it's not a choice the actress wants to make, then yeah. why are we even doing it? Yeah, and also, what is the consistency? How much should you pay this other naked lady? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, and also, again, the audience, like, what is the purpose? It's, it's like, you know, there's different ways to use nudity. You know, like uh, Carrie Coon in uh, The Leftovers was naked, but it was not like it was a, a like a, a non-sexual nudity. Right. Like to, to emphasize her like her vul- very clinical nudity and, and her like vulnerability in this kind of like, uh, you know, weird uh, laboratory type environment. Um, but here it's not it it yeah it felt like it felt like titillation for its sake and if, it's in a pilot episode and like why are, what what tone is being set here right so if you re reset it this way in my mind is the way that I was looking at it if they had in the baptism scene if they had said okay strip her down for the baptism and then you get the body double and it has to be a naked thing and it's because i was i was thinking like well they're going to go there because that's like the witch right right the same thing like exactly. the dark lord Dark Lord's a pedophile. He likes his he likes the teenage girls naked when they get on their knees and submit. 
fuck. Right, yes, that's exactly what I would expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not the time or place that they used it. It just felt so, it was so jarring. Yeah. Especially for just a throwaway dream sequence. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. America's like really fucking schizophrenic about how it says it wants to feel about sexualizing young girls and what it actually does do. And then, you know, this is a show that's supposed to like, like, like Riverdale before it's supposed to be broadly progressive. Like they're talking about, you know, trans issues and me too stuff and sexual assault. And then you're just going to that, that, I don't know. Like what the hell am I supposed, if I'm a teenager watching this, what am I supposed to think? Maybe I'm supposed to be like, oh, I'm a teenager and she's a teenager and I'm allowed to be, it's like softcore porn for teens. Is that okay? Right. Um, And this, what time period do you think this show is set in? Oh, 2018, I think. Right, but it could be timeless. There's a very distinctive lack of anyone using You're cell right. phones They're... or well, I guess the Ambrose is using a Mackle or Mackle. But Mac- you're right, the, the clothing and and the the school and the cemetery and all that stuff is timeless and she's dressing kind of like a Munster character. Right. She dresses she dresses like a classic Salem witch uh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, very conservative dresses with a lot of white lace and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's uh, not my favorite wizarding wizarding and witch world. That's still Harry Potter, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Or the Dresden Files, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Anything else about Sabrina? No. Next on our schedule to discuss 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 is Apostle Dan Stevens. Uh, I I don't know that I have a a lot like I uh, you know um. I don't know that I have a lot of spoiler thoughts on this. It, there's a lot of gruesome shit in it. There's a lot of interesting mythology and lore. There's, a, a, I felt like, a solid, compelling central mystery of him trying to find his sister. And I thought Dan Stevens gave a solid performance. The um, I thought that there's some really horrific, like, torture porn kind of stuff. In, but it's it's not mere torture porn because it's it's also thrown with this like kind of um this crazy man is taking over this community that used to be something that's good and now it's been perverted into something like gross and evil and authoritarian like i that that kind of elevated it but it's a solid it's a solid atmospheric spooky film with some uh really gross and painful looking uh gore and torture scenes uh, yeah, this isn't like any story I've really seen before. I it I thought I predicted the ending from the beginning, but mm-hmm. it was just a little bit different than what I had thought. Right. You know, on this island, God is real. This goddess is real, mm-hmm. and she's accessible. Mm-hmm. And they've tied her down, and they're just milking her dry. I thought the twist was going to be that the leader's blood wasn't satisfactory anymore. You know, as soon as... Dan Stevens' character arrived that it was actually his blood was mm-hmm. what she preferred, and that mm-hmm. would bring the island back to life, and that other guy would be displaced. I think that broadly but, is what happened, but not exactly the way you thought. Right. right. His blood ended up just was what freed her to die, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was crazy the way she died. She took the whole island out with her, mm-hmm. um, including that really awesome rock explosion towards the boat when the girls right. finally got off. His sister got off and um the lead guy's daughter. Mm-hmm. It's really really fucked up. <laughs> A I'll lot say, of the things. Starting from the cousins fucking to yeah. 
their father or the her father killing them both for yeah. it. I think that um, there's also like it, it just. It, Talk about the solid scares. There's a scene where you see that everyone in the village is like letting blood into these glass containers and setting them inside out their door. And you can tell that like, you know, Dan Stevens is supposed to, but he's like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to grab some from a neighbor and pour it in. And, you know, who, who gives a shit? This is all just ancient religions anyway. But and you're like, oh, God, this is going to end pa- badly because, you know, it's a horror film. There's got to be something to this. But instead, he, like, pricks his thumb on the door latch or the key, Mm -hmm. and, like, a splash of blood hits, like, the crack. And you see this, like, terrifying face just get right up in the crack from underneath and, like, (laughs) and, like, what the fuck? And then when he fall, like, he did to hide from the church elders that are kind of, like, hunting him down at one point. He goes into, like, the sewer system. And then this goddess is down there with him and, like, pulls herself out of the muck and starts coming after him. And he's in this enclosed space and he's in a a sewer, which isn't great, that's full of, like, blood blood blood. and shit and everything else. And holy, that that was pretty terrifying. And then the actual execute. I forget what they called the cleansing or the boring of skulls or whatever. But that whole... That whole device. Uh, actually, I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it is. Like you know, oh, it, no. it turned it, the guy. The guy's head got uh, you know bored open, but I felt like it was not torture porn because they didn't they didn't really revel in the details of it. It's like mostly you see the guy twitching as it's like biting into his skull, but you don't see it. Oh, I thought I thought it was too much for me. Well, you didn't. I don't. Did you actually watch it? Because I I did make myself watch it, and I was like, okay, that wasn't actually as bad as I thought it might be. It's it, not as bad as the last few American Horror Story part ripping scenes. Well, I think. Well, for me in particular, those the twitching is what's horrific for me. Oh, right. Anytime someone gets a horrific head injury, like a just knocked on the skull like yeah. Glenn and Walking Dead or yeah. or this guy you know it's not the thing entering its head right it's it's the way it's just such a it's just a painful terrible way to die and it's like that f- reminder that we're not like sometimes you know the fact that we're just sacks of meat with this like little eggshell thing in our heads that makes us work right. and that thing takes a solid blow and we're just it just, just lights it's out over, it's yeah. done uh yeah that's pretty scary uh what did you think about the end like i the end of the movie was interesting because it just postulates that dan stevens is now going to be the new guardian spirit of the island i didn't think so really maybe he is i think he was definitely turning into that i think he just i thought he just died and was absorbed by the earth i thought all of his blood uh, As he died, the earth oh, kind of so gobbled blood. him up and mm. made all of the flowers. Yeah, she, like he yeah. his life became her life force. I don't know. Hmm. I thought she was like, "Woohoo! I'm retiring, and you can you can fend off the fucking fanatics, pretty boy." Uh, man, there was so much cowbell, so much cowbell rather in this the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like it was a dominant thing of some of this discord, and I didn't. You know, I, at first I was making jokes about it, like the you know old Saturday Night Live uh, Will Ferrell skit, right? Uh, Don't fear the Reaper, but it was distracting. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, when you have to stop and when you notice, but halfway through the movie, so it was still going. It was still going on, and it started like I get wrapped up in it. So like it started off as a joke, but then 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 it wasn't. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Apostle? No. All right, let's talk about Raw, the cannibal movie. Okay. So, 
You've seen this more than I have. My interpretation is she, this girl, this this French lady comes from a long line of cannibals, female cannibals. It's a, it's something that's on the female line. And yes, at least in this family of three. It's triggered when a person first eats meat. This was exactly what I thought it was going to be, a movie about cannibalism. Uh, and they're definitely, like, there's a couple of horrific things, like when she's eating her sister's finger and just, like, going to, t- like, like she just, like, started licking the blood and then sucking it, and then she just started that, eating it like a, like a chicken scene, wing. Leading up to that, you knew something really crazy was going to happen. You right. know, she tries to give her a bikini wax against her will. Yeah. And how... How sure were you that when I she thought, ripped off that last patch of skin and all? Oh no! Well, then when she got the scissors off, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a female <sighs> circumcision. Yes, it like was this just... is going to be fucking Antichrist all over again. I can't tell, t- you know, like body horror is one thing, genital mutilation, total other. I can't, no, uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, but it was just a finger that got cut off. So yeah. lucky you. Yeah, I got to see her snacking on a, her first finger. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then her sister wakes up and sees it and. Covers her, throws her dog under the bus for it, which right. was incredibly sad. Yeah, and I thought, like, also, that kind of threw me for the loop because I hadn't quite put two and two together that her uh, sister was kind of in on it, was also a cannibal. Um, and I thought there was also some spooky scenes, like, in the very beginning of the movie where you see this car just driving down the road and then someone throws itself in front of it in, in this particular array of trees where they'll swerve and, and get hit. And then that pays off later where you see, like, that's how the girl hunts. Like, she waits for uh, motors to pass by, runs them off the road, and then uh, as they are stunned, uh, it's kind of like the way that prehistoric man used to run mammoths off a cliff, you know? And then they just go and eat at the leisure. There's something really bloodless and chilling about that. Oh, there's lots of not, blood not bloodless, but you know, like like cold blooded. <laughs> I, I should say, cold blooded and chilling about the way. I mean, that's the whole thing about cannibals: right. the fact that like you can't dehumanize someone any more than treating them as livestock, right? Right. And, and her, her sister just delights in it. I think that's unique to her. Mm-hmm. She seems to just be a terrible person overall, right? Uh, but it makes you also wonder why they don't have some sort of posted police officer on that road, since people just uh, yeah, dying. yeah. Like uh, so, I don't know what's up with the stand of trees, but watch out! There's these three trees are going to really we, fuck up your world. We know at least four people got stuck in the car crash trap. Yeah, in the few months that her sister is her younger sister has even been in that school. Right, right. But and they don't seem like they're even eating that much. It's not like you take the body and save some for later. No, it doesn't seem like they have to eat meat. It's like they have this compulsion and it's almost like a ritual because the ultimate like oh, isn't this a fucked up situation is when she talks to her dad about it and he's like, "Oh, sweetie, you'll find a way to adapt and survive your mother." And he like takes her shirt off and you can see that his body is just you know, just been flayed at various places where she just takes a little strip here and there to snack on. And, like, yeah, that's, I guess, a creepy concept. But, I mean, that's, that's like, I feel like that's someone who, like, imagine if you had, like, a one cigarette a week habit, mm-hmm. but you had to pull that cigarette out of my skin. I'd be like, do you really have to do this? You're <laughs> fucking with me. You're just wanting to hurt me, aren't you? You're forming the it's, cigarettes it's almost, under your skin, so it, it's really kind of your fault. Yeah, it's almost like it's like this isn't this isn't a compulsion. It's more of like a fucking kink that you could take or leave. What the hell? What the hell? Right. It's like, how about give me a piece of your leg tonight? Well, it seemed like she did get sick though. The first night 
Or oh, yeah, the Jesus. first day after the oh, rabbit, and she got f- that. She got that rash on her skin. Yeah, that was horrific. And then yeah. she started eating flesh, and it went and away. And then she started throwing up hair for five minutes. The worst hair eating scene. What? It was worse. It was worse than anything we saw in Are We Not Cats, a movie yeah. about eating hair. Yeah, no, I, that's like this is endless. Uh, it's kind of like the 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 vomit scene in Team America, only with hair. Yeah. Like it just kept coming and kept coming, and it, it's like unclogging a drain in reverse. It's uh, uh, didn't like, did not like. Do that not was like, certainly horrific. What else did you want to talk about? Uh, Raw. That's it. Should just move on to Wildling. The last of our spooktacular. Okay. Let's pause and reflect on, on the spooktacular and the fact that we're sad it's almost over. We'll still be haunting the airwaves. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Throughout the rest Just of the stuck year. with us for a couple more weeks in American Horror anyway. Wildling. Uh, so I don't understand. Uh, this is this is interesting because I honestly don't understand what you don't understand about my Twilight analogy. It's about... Uh, um, instead of instead of the girl being the human stalked by a vampire, she herself is a werewolf coming of age and not stalking a boy, but they definitely have a relationship. They have sex. They father a child. Like it's it's Twilight and fast forward and slightly more serious, slightly more high concept. And you keep shaking. You're, you're giving me to look like a like a, like a, a like a dog so is trying to understand language. No, like you're, just com- t- you're comp- I mean, there's. Uh- Twilight's whole thing is that there's competing tribes and there's a love triangle. Is it its whole she's, thing? Yeah, I think so. It's its whole thing. She's a girl who was raised in captivity by a man who's not even her father for her whole life. And then she goes to live with this woman and develops... Just like Edward. <clears throat> a relationship with her teen- or with her teenage brother that also lives with her. Right. I don't see any connection or any similarities there. Besides okay. the fact that they're teenagers and she's a werewolf. There's werewolves. <clears throat> There or a go. wildling is what they call it. QED. Uh, so this is <laughs> okay. A... I think you're just fucking with me. <laughs> no, I think like like you're fucking with me. You fucking with me? You cussing? You cussing and growl? You cussing a point at me? I cussing a point at you. Do you? Um, I thought the first half of the movie was really good, but yeah. I don't know what happened at the end. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's the thing. Like, I thought that this girl played this kind of weird, angular, off-putting, almost alien presence very well, and then in the last like ninety percent or last ten percent of the movie, they buried her under CGI and makeup to where I thought she looked ridiculous. Right, but the transformation as it was happening was really cool. You yeah, know, she yeah, slightly yeah, yeah. Hairier, her, her nails teeth are started to grow out. out. Her nails are getting disgusting. Yeah, and her it, teeth are getting sharper. And I think that's like you know obviously a parable for going through adolescence and your body changing and you being right. kind of horrified. Oh my god, I have zits. I've got tits. I've got hair growing where it shouldn't. Like all that stuff. Uh, you know, I went through the man the male version of it. It's not pretty. Yeah, and this is exactly what it's like to get your period. Is it mm-hmm. really? Yeah. Okay. Just go fucking wild and start <laughs> killing people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then like I really like the you know Brad Dorof. Is that his name? Dorof. 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 Uh, who I've only really seen in like um, he was Grima Worm Tongue in Lord of the Rings, and I think he had a bit part in that uh, Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow thing. Uh, he was really effective as her surrogate father, but I felt like I don't know. Maybe this is a horror movie. That's a horror movie thing. It's like they don't fully flesh everything out, but like he's a dedicated werewolf hunter, but he adopts this little girl, and he's trying to keep her from going through puberty. I mean, what was his end game? He always knew he was going to have to. It's. 
I guess it's like adopting a dog. You adopt this thing that gives you so much joy and love, and you know it's going to die in a few short years. Like, there's a little bit of that, but like, why the fuck would you do that with a baby if you know it's going to be a werewolf? Maybe he thought he could keep it from happening. Right. There's a little bit of like, you know, dads with purity balls and purity rings to that as well. Like, you know, don't ever become a woman, sweetie. Just oh, stay Jesus, with your yeah. stay with your father and let 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 him love you the whole time. Um, I don't know. I like I said, I I thought this was pretty effective and interesting. It wasn't terribly scary. Uh, and in didn't quite hang together, but I thought it was worth watching just for the performance of the the young lady. She's like playing a little bit of um, there's a, there's a lot of like Jodie Foster's Nell in this, right? You know, just poorly social. Like she's she's very almost sub vocal. Um, everything is done through like the eyes and expressions, and right. she's you know arrested development, all that kind of stuff. She's very precocious and hungry for knowledge, so it's not right. that she's you know, stupid or incompetent or anything. Mm. She's just, she's ready to absorb and ask questions. Yeah. And yeah, I really, I really like this, this girl. That's the other thing that last of the movie is I thought it got really hokey that she was instantly pregnant and then get like in a single less than 24 hours, she gets impregnated, fully gestates and gives birth to a child. What the fuck? That's your problem with the werewolf? No, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, what the fuck? Like, becoming a werewolf makes you just able to shit out a human being in 24 hours? That's uh, the- I don't know. She transformed her entire body. Yeah, but werewolves quickly. can do that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like there's like understood rules and conventions, and you can introduce new concepts, but I don't think you can introduce new concepts with five minutes to go in the movie just cause. Like, there was nothing to suggest that anything like that would happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, they had sex. Well, that's interesting. It's like, oh, she's pregnant. Okay, well, all right, we're going to be having a nine month flash forward. No, I guess fucking it's just going to happen tonight. So, but. Uh, yeah, no time like the present. We got We got wilding women. <laughs> uh, among us they 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 live out in the where were they from was that in the pacific northwest the yukon yes I'm not sure upstate new york <laughs> yes <laughs> uh the suburbs of cincinnati it could have been places. anywhere anywhere live tyler practices law <laughs> and for her serves and protects Any, there you might find a wildland anywhere the full moon touches uh which is everywhere especially if it's a blood moon <laughs> Uh, anything else we want to say about Is Wildling? Eclipsing Blood Moon? Oh, f- fucking forget about Game it. On. Then you got Shipkas to worry it's about. It's Halloween night? Wildling Shipkas? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Mm. Um, mm. Anything else we want to say? No. Okay. And that's it. 2018 Spooktacular, uh, Cinematic Spooktacular, Cinema Spooktacular has drawn to a close yet again. The crypt is closing. The fog is going away. This is where the bald mountain gets his eyes pierced by sunlight and is like, oh, fuck this. I'm going back to sleep. Yes, we are no longer free to roam the earth. We're going to go back to our hidey holes. (laughs) Right. And I appreciate there's like, man, if you check out the thread on our forums, there are so many what I'm sure are excellent scary movies uh, listed, and I wish we could gotten to even half of them, but unfortunately, you know, we had... There's always next year. There's always next year, um, and we also wanted to do stuff that's kind of like new and current or from this year, and I, I know that a couple of them aren't, but the majority of them were, and... It's too many good movies. Yeah, also, like, I still... I think the wintertime is great to watch scary movies because, you know, it's cold and it's dark, and... 
you're stuck indoors and it's uh you know so i'm gonna be pulling some of these down off the shelf in late december mm-hmm. post christmas uh pre-valentine days day kind of thing right or get out came out in 2017 of february yeah it came out real early in the year still winter time yeah it, you know it's not until something like that happens that i forget that they just spread out horror movies throughout the entire year mm-hmm. so yeah they do now uh, that's we're all. Get this started earlier next year, so we can have more. Yeah, we tr- we tried to do that this year. To just we're gonna try again next year. We're gonna try again next year. We'll be definitely back for the third cinematic spectacular. Uh, hope you guys had a good time. And until the next time you hear us, I'm Aaron. Happy Halloween, everybody. I'm Cecily. Good evening. <laughs>